What I know of man was written long ago, set down by the greatest ape of all, our lawgiver. Cornelius, come here. Reach into my pocket. Read to him the 29th scroll, sixth verse. Beware the beast man, for he is the devil's pawn. Alone among God's primates, he kills for sport or lust, or greed. Yea, he will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him. Drive him back into his jungle lair, for he is the harbinger of death. I found nothing in the cave to alter that conception of man, and I still live by its injunction. We are the Judean People's Front! Crack Suicide Squad! Suicide Squad! Attack! That showed him, huh? You silly sod. Yeah, he's fully recovered, except for a few minor kinks. Has he asked for anything special? Yes, this morning for breakfast. Uh, he requested something called wheat germ, organic honey, and tiger's milk. <laughs> oh, yes, those are the charm substances that some years ago were felt to contain life-preserving properties. You mean there was no deep fat? No steak or cream pies or hot fudge? Those were thought to be unhealthy. Precisely the opposite of what we now know to be true. Incredible. Well, he, uh, he wants to know where he is and what's going on. I think it's time to tell him. Good morning, Sir Friar Rod. Yes, good morning, I want to Rabbi be clear Dave. about this. I want to be absolutely crystal clear about this. I hate you. I absolutely hate you. The feeling has become mutual. Good. Somebody was complaining this week about podcasts. (laughs) Every podcast in the country is me and my best friend. My best friend and me. So we want to be clear. We're not best friends. Well, we're good. Well, yeah, we're good friends. We'd be best friends if we were actually drinking together. Right. Because if we were drinking together, everybody becomes your friend. Everybody becomes your friend. So just, just to be clear for all you people that are whining about that. Uh, we live a thousand miles apart, and I don't even remember the last time I saw you physically. Uh, it would have been the day before I moved to California. I so. came and got the, uh, the elliptical. Elliptical, yeah. That was pretty much it. Other than uh, other than your beautiful face on on Zoom, God, Ugh. sorry, pollen. It sees yeah. it. It's March. The calendar hits March, and my eyes just go. It, it's a different meaning to the word or phrase March badness. God, I hate this crap. I don't. It's foggy out. If it's foggy, isn't that the same thing as rain? It should be. Yeah. Well, how can there be pollen in the air? Uh, I don't no, get I, it. Maybe your, you know, fungal spores or something. Well, that sounds disgusting <laughs> and disturbing <laughs> on a lot of levels. What are you going to do? Hey, everybody, welcome. It is uh, what the frock. It is the second World War Three show. Yeah, officially. Yeah. World War Three. Well, underway. we have graduated from the nasty COVID. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to now it's World War Three. Born in a pandemic, <laughs> now comes full circle with World War. What the heck? 
Maybe we should stop. Maybe we're the problem. <laughs> Maybe. I believe I blame you, Dave. I hate you. Well, I blame you because I hate you. So there you go. This uh, this war. So I was informed this morning. One of our listeners texted me and said, uh, "I don't know if you saw this or not, but the State Department is advising all Americans to get out of Russia now, mm-hmm. which is never a good sign." No, that is the uh, essentially a sign that uh, they're afraid that Americans could be used as human shields or hostages or whatever. They're just trying to get Edward Snowden back. <laughs> I don't think he's leaving. <laughs> I don't think so either. He knows too much. He's not going anywhere. In the middle of all this, of course, we get the word that Brittany Griner. Who? Yeah. Brittany Griner has been arrested in Moscow. And the, the newspapers are calling her a, quote, potential, what do they call her? Potential high-level, uh, they had a phrase for it. I don't what are they? Oh, high-profile hostage. To which okay. 99% of America said, who? Yeah. And just in case you missed it, Brittany Griner is a, I'm doing the air quote thing here, WNBA star. Okay. That, again, that's, this is true. She plays in the WNBA. But because we Americans... I'm not making this up. This is, this is true. Okay? This is what's being said now. Mm-hmm. Because you dirtbag Americans do not support the WNBA. You don't watch it. You don't buy tickets. You don't watch it on TV and buy the products. No. Because you don't do that, this has forced Brittany Griner, who is a WNBA all-star and multi-time champion, to spend half of her year playing in the professional leagues in Russia. Again, not making this up, in a city where the communists shot the czar. She plays oh. for that team. I can, I can never say it. Kettenberg or something like that. Okay. Well, I guess she's got that going for her, I guess. I don't but know. the reason she has to be there is because you dirtbags won't watch her on the NBA and won't give her more money here. And if you would, then she wouldn't have had to go. Because we don't care. We don't give, as someone said, because we don't give AF about the WNBA. No. This has forced Brittany Griner to play in Russia. Uh, I'll bet the MLS has higher ratings than the WNBA. Yeah, I don't even think I'd take that bet. <laughs> Especially now that the podcast people are bitching, the, the two stars are griping about Hope Solo and the other one, Brent, I don't remember her name. Hope Solo and the other one, the Mia, yeah. Mia Lane, whatever, went on a podcast last week and just ripped the women's national team for their settlement. For, the, mm-hmm. for their settlement. <laughs> Why'd you even bother? You know? Yeah. Anyway, so. Just to say they won. That's they it. didn't. That's the whole point. They didn't yeah. win. They probably spent more than the $24 million trying to pull this off. Well, damn it, Dave. Don't you know cloth masks work? <laughs> yes. I've I heard mean, that. Yeah. Dr. Fauci, paging Dr. Fauci. Courtesy yeah. white, white courtesy fund. <clears throat> anyway. So anyway, she's, uh, she's under arrest in Russia and apparently has been under arrest for three weeks. Hmm. And nobody knew until yesterday or day before yesterday. Yeah. Because again, even if they put out a press release from the WNBA saying, Hey, one of our stars has been arrested. I don't, anybody would have seen it because it's the WNBA, which as I understand it is Bill Mick's favorite sports league. Yeah, probably. Anyway. (laughs) So the other people that are upset about this, Brittany Griner thing being arrested by Russia on the, Mm -hmm. 
on the eve of the United States and Russia going to war, because I, I really believe we're going to, um, is the LBGTQRS plus whatever community. The EIEIO community. Right. They're mad because the Russians don't, uh, they don't apparently put up with the, with the um, antics, I guess, of LGBT people as much as mm -hmm. we do here in the United States. And so they're concerned that she's going to be tortured by the Russians because of her sexual preferences, which I don't even technically know what are, but no. be that as it may. I Why know is she it any of our business anyway? Right? right. Apparently she likes to vape hashish oil, which is what okay. got her arrested. Now, you can make the argument, okay, the Russians probably knew this because she's been playing over there for a while. Mm -hmm. But now that there's tension with the old United States there, we're going to grab us a high-profile hostage. Mm -hmm. A WNBA, quote-unquote, superstar. Just wait till they label her a spy, right? Well, that's coming. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brittany Griner. James, the James Bond of the WNBA. Jane Bond. <laughs> well, now you're assuming genders here, and I'm not going to go that far. So, well. <laughs> I don't know how she identifies. Brittany's one of those names that could go either way, right? <laughs> Ender, androgynous. Right. <laughs> anyway, she's under arrest in Russia, as uh, all the Americans have been told to leave Russia immediately. Mm-hmm. And apparently our ambassador has been evicted, too. I read something yesterday about the Russians are going to boot our ambassador in response to us booting 12 of our, not, they weren't ambassadors, they were embassy staff, mm -hmm. which, of course, is right out of the 1980s. See, whenever you needed a news story, whenever there was a news story that you needed to release but not get noticed, mm -hmm. say some government official somewhere was caught, I don't know, in flagrante with with another, you know, government official's wife or something or stealing money. So you would release the story, but smother it by, by simultaneously expelling 12, exactly 12 Russian diplomats for spying. <laughs> you say, oh, they're spying. Kill them out. And that gets all the news coverage. So we did that the other day. Yeah. We expelled exactly 12 Russian diplomats for spying, saying that okay. they were spies which immediately gets me going, okay, what did I miss? <laughs> what are they trying to hide? Because that's what you do. The Russians have responded by expelling or saying they're going to expel our ambassador, which is, again, none of these are good signs. None of these are positive no. things. They're all indicators that we could be heading for an actual shooting war. And I'm not sure, I mean, I am sure how I feel about that. But yeah. I'm not uh, having a hard time being excited about it. No, it, the whole situation is, is tragic, and, and it's hard to tell what what news that's coming out is actually news and what's propaganda because both sides are are trying to sway your mind. Right. Well, and of course, the Russians have shut down social media now. I actually have a Facebook friend in Russia, sub former mm -hmm. submariner, retired submariner, and his last post was something to the effect of. Hey, they're shutting down Facebook. Hope everybody is okay. I hope this turns out all right. See ya. And that was it. And 
people were responding, hey, you know, you could use a, a VPN and get around this, or you could use and the, I don't know if they that can, would work. They can block the VPNs yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, so. China blocks a lot of things with the Great Firewall of China. <laughs> they actually call it that? That's what we call it. In the security industry, it's called the Great Firewall of China. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It is. And of course, the United States government announced yesterday that they're, quote, far more concerned about Chinese aggression right now than they are Russian aggression. Yeah. Which strikes me as odd, but then again, it also makes sense. I mean, if we're not going to do anything to help Ukraine, uh, and and again, I'm not advocating that we should. I'm not saying that we need to go mm-hmm. to war over here. In fact, I think I've been saying that for about three years. Yeah. Ukraine is not something we'd really need to be going to war over. Um, that said... You know, are we going to go to war over Taiwan against West Taiwan? Man, I was out of, really out of focus there for a second. You were. It was weird. thought it was me. It's the Russians, man. They're hacking our show. Yeah, seriously. Well, I, you know, I don't know the uh, – I think from, from a pure you know, U.S. interest point of view that we, there's more to be lost in some ways from the whole Taiwan thing with the electronics and the, and the chips from a, you know – something that's important to the United States manufacturing. And I, I agree. And on a practical scale, I mean, the Chinese nuclear, nuclear arsenal, sorry, nuclear, is not as, um, it's neither as impressive nor as large as, as the Russian. Mm-hmm. The Chinese nuclear doctrine is also retaliation. Yeah. Whereas the Russian nuclear doctrine is we reserve the right to use nuclear weapons to end the conflict. Mm-hmm. So first, first strike, they reserve first strike uh, doctrine. So I'm not as concerned about that as I am with the Russians. But at the same time, I, I don't know how far Americans are willing to go. You know, George Takei, the, the Star Trek star, yeah. tweeted yesterday or the day before yesterday that, hey, $10 a gallon gas is, is, a, is a good price to pay to put the screws to, to Putin. We should, we, all Americans should be behind this. He probably has an electric vehicle. Well, not only that, he's sitting on a net worth of $14 million. Yeah. And he's, you know, 80 years old. What does he care? Uh, He's not going to have to drive to work. He's not going to have to, you know, worry about getting food or anything like that. So I don't know. Um, I've long said about California when I was there, I said this a lot, you know, because there was a lot of, California has trillions of dollars in natural resources Mm -hmm. that they will not touch because of whatever rules. And I've always said that at some point they're going to wake up and go, mm, I guess we have to use ours. Yeah. And I think this may, there, there may be a, an element of at this point we may wake up and go, even the left might wake up and go, if gas gets $10 now a gallon, we're going to lose every election there ever was. Yeah. Maybe we should start drilling. <laughs> Maybe we should reopen Keystone. Fracking? Hello? Hello? Maybe we should start doing these things because otherwise – well, as, as, as a well-known Republican used to say to me all the time, well, if you don't win elections, you can't do anything. Well, yeah. you're going to lose a lot of elections if you don't start doing stuff. So, um, you know, you can, you can stick to your liberal-ish uh, socialist values if you want, but yeah. this has the potential for, uh, for getting out of there. That said, not sure the Republicans are being any smarter about this. But no. Lindsey Graham calling oh. for the assassination of Putin. Like, dude. Yeah, really? Really? You, Come on. 
I mean, can, I, can, we, can we dial it down rather than dial it up, please? Yeah, please. Yeah. Not only that, but did you think that through? I mean, I, I, I get you. I get it. You listen to Hannity, and Hannity wants this. So, yeah. Well, it's a two-way street, right? Right. But at the same time, there is that. All of that said, and all this depressing part of this said, there is some interesting stuff happening in this conflict so far. So apparently, a bunch of Chechnyan soldiers were sent into mm-hmm. Ukraine. The Chechnyans the, are supposed the to be... The cracked suicide squad, right? Right. They're supposed to be... <laughs> yes, exactly. They're supposed to be the elite troops of the, of the Russian Federation, the, the Chechnyans. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, because wasn't it that long ago that Russia and Chechnya were at war? I don't remember. They were. Anyway, so now they're back in, back in good graces. So they sent these Chechnyans in there. And there is a picture of a bunch of Chechnyan soldiers that went into an office building. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. They go into an office building because they're going to go up to the roof of the office building so that they can spread out and cover the whole block. Sure. These elite soldiers. Look, I'm not an infantryman, and I know better than this. These elite soldiers, there's like 10 or 12 of them, got in the elevator <laughs> to go to the roof. <laughs> and, of course, the Ukrainians living in the building or working in the building shut the power off to the elevator. Yeah, and so there's pictures from the from the security camera of the elevator of these Chechnyan soldiers in the elevator panicking, <laughs> and it's great. So that's funny. That's it's almost as funny as the babushka, which is uh, an old woman who saw a Russian drone flying around her home. Yes, was not happy about this, so she took a jar of pickles. <laughs> Weaponized cucumbers, Rod. Yes. And threw it at the uh, threw it at the drone and hit the drone. Which drones are not uh, they're not real armored. They're they're not very sturdy no. to begin with. So she hit the drone with the char pickles and downed it. That's <laughs> too funny. It's like you can say what you want about this war, but it has certainly provided its entertaining moments. I mean, there's yeah. there's that. I, I don't know what ended up happening with the Chechnyan soldiers. Last I heard, they were still in the elevator. They might still be, for all I know. Seriously. If I was the Ukes, I wouldn't let them out. Yeah. Nope. Just sit there. You are now prisoners of war. That's your cage. <laughs> Have fun. We'll, yeah. we'll throw some food down through the through the top hatch or whatever. Yeah. Here's a bag of Doritos. Enjoy. Unless, yeah. yeah. Unless you guys want to go back to Chechnya. I mean, we'll let yeah. you do that. That's the... The bizarre part is there. I, I'm seeing videos of Russian POWs, soldiers calling yeah. their moms on on cell phones, yeah, crying to their mom. We didn't want to come here. The, the Ukrainians ran an ad, an ad, saying Russian mothers, here's the number to call. Come get your kids. They're they're here. Yeah, the we, we don't want them here. Talk, come get them. Talk about Goliard. <laughs> wow. Yes. If, if nothing else, the Ukes are giving us that, aren't they? Yeah. Because they are not. They were supposed to just lay down and take this, and they're not. They are mm-hmm. not taking it, and they are not uh, willing participants in Russia's. And, and I don't think even even when Russia succeeds in taking it, they will not be willing. So it's gonna. Well, I don't think they're gonna stay there. That's the thing. I think they're no. gonna, I think they're gonna take the parts they want, which is the two eastern breakaway republics. Mm-hmm. Their land bridge to Crimea, and they're gonna, if nothing else, they learned in Afghanistan. It's don't stay where you're not wanted. Which has always yeah. been my rule anyway. I, I, I've long had that rule of, you don't want me here? 
I'm leaving. Like, whether that's a job or a party or a game or what, you don't want yeah. me here. Bye. Yeah. I don't need to be here. So I would imagine that that would happen unless this whole thing really turns to crap and this turns into a shooting war between us and the Russians, in which case, good Lord, all bets are off at that point. Yeah, what's really dumbfounding is you've got these people in the media and, and on Twitter that have been all for these vaccine mandates and clamping down, we got to save just one life, right. are all pro-war right now. Well, of course they are. Because, have you not figured this out? Do you not Enlighten know why, me, do you not and know I'm going to hate li- you for it. Liberals, leftists, or well, I hate you anyway, but do you not know why <laughs> leftists are, are so for this war with Russia? Donald yeah. Trump. Oh, that, I mean. Donald Trump is Putin's lap boy. Remember, we spent four years being told that the only reason that Donald Trump was president was because of Putin's interference. We've been told that Putin was being praised by Donald Trump. Again, I've read what he said. It was stupid, but it wasn't praise. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so this is this is the new thing. This is I'm I'm telling you, this is what they're they're this is the only thing they've got going in the 2020 midterms is yeah. if you don't support Ukraine, you support Putin. You're a Donald Trump voter and you support Putin. And therefore yeah. you're un-American. That's that's why. That's why they're for this, because that's all they've got at this point. I mean, how, how else do you yeah. campaign on ten dollar a gallon gasoline? Because we're putting the screws to Putin. Yeah. I don't think you are, but okay. Try. Let alone, it, it got nearly halfway to $10 just through the COVID sanctions that the Democrat yeah. Democratic leaders right. enacted. So, Well, the good news is here, and, and I know it sounds strange because we've been talking about it for two years, but uh, the science has proven that at 11.59 on March 11th, 11.59 mm-hmm. p.m., 2359, COVID will still be dangerous. <gasps> But at 12 o'clock on the 12th, 12 a.m. on the 12th, gone. Yeah. So you can take your mask off. We got a note from the school saying, hey, we're going to encourage masks, but they're not required. Well, this this virus really does like to keep to a schedule, Dave. I mean, haven't you noticed that? <laughs> I have noticed it. It also <laughs> notices when you're eating or when you're it when does. eating. Because when you're it, eating, it, you're It's safe. very polite. You can eat all that you eat. If you're driving or... If, <laughs> If you're, if, if, you're, if you're not eating or something, then then, then you're in trouble. But also, if you're in a group of 501 people, yes, you're at deep risk. But 500, you're okay. Huh? Science. Also, if you're in Congress, you don't need to wear. Well, or or in the entertainment industry, right? Right. We walked into Safeway the other day, and we're walking around Winco and Safeway, and we weren't wearing masks. And someone said, "Why aren't you wearing masks?" Because President and Congress don't have to wear it, so I don't either. And yeah. they looked at me and went, oh, took theirs off. Because <laughs> the President and Congress don't have to wear it. <laughs> no, Biden only wears it when he's walking from the helicopter to the, oh God, to the inside of the building. video is so bizarre. Have you watched that video? <laughs> Not the whole thing. I just saw snips of it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, he looks like me trying to walk. Because I got to look down. I got to watch where I'm going or I trip and fall down. Yeah, and his, he is, the way his arms... He is, Way too geriatric to be in that position. Dude, I'm like, man, at least carry a walking stick. You'll look normal. But I don't know. You know, I mean, this was the solution was 
No, we, just we, just watch though. After he's out of office, all of his handlers will write a book about how they were oh, the yeah. ones that actually kept him propped up and all that other stuff. Right. There'll be books about how he shouldn't have been there, but but we decided that you know it was, yeah. we, we couldn't have any more mean tweets, and so we had to get rid of that. And so this yeah. was the, the no, Bernie Sanders couldn't win. Even yeah. even we knew that. <laughs> but we thought Joe Biden, who's a known plagiarist, a known liar, a multi-time failed candidate, um, clearly a racist. Who's told more who's, stupid things the, than yeah, Trump has right. ever said. Right. <laughs> Him we're okay with because, <laughs> you know, we're okay there. But anyway, so I don't know hey, what's going to happen with but this war. Dave, we're saved, right? They're sending Kamala. They're sending her. Yeah, I saw that. I'm hoping it's one way, but. Well, real, so. Realistically speaking, I mean, this is what I've said for years. Um, these non-job positions, vice president, mm-hmm. secretary of state, of course you send them for this. Yeah. Because where is, where is she going? Warsaw, Poland? Which yeah. is going to be right at ground zero if the balloon does go up. <laughs> right? Yeah. If she goes, great. <laughs> if, she come, if she succeeds, fantastic. If she doesn't come back, nobody will miss her. Right? If, there's an, if there's an attempt on her life by a Russian, guess what? There's World War III. Right. But the point is that, realistically speaking, what will we have lost? Yeah. And, and I, I don't mean necessarily Being talked Kamala to Harris. like a third grader well, I don't, I don't or kindergartner, mean, actually. Yeah, I don't necessarily mean Kamala Harris. I mean any vice president. Yeah. Would you really have cared if, uh, what was his name? Mike Pence had, had not come back? I mean, would it really have made any difference? No, not really. The only problem, though, Dave, is if something happens to Kamala and then something immediately happens to Joe, what are we left with? Well, that's true. But <laughs> for how long? Because there's no way in hell she's winning the 2024 election. No, no. Nancy Pelosi. Right. right. And and theoretically, because I keep being told this, that the Republicans are going to sweep Congress. This is a done deal. I, I don't know what shows you listen to, but the shows I listen to are informing me that this is a done deal, that it's so certain that it's like it's carved on Mount Rushmore, that this is going to be the, the, the red wave of red waves. And of course, my mantra has always been and will continue to be, never underestimate the ability of the GOP to fuck things up. Mm-hmm. So, Even $10 gas. Right. When, when, when it happens, I'll believe it. But until it happens, well, <clears throat> keep your jars of pickles handy and know where the switch to the elevator is because <laughs> you might need no. This is Bill Mick from Bill Mick Live on WMMB in Melbourne, Florida. Hope you're enjoying listening to my buddy Dave or my buddy Dave and Rod. Either way, always good to hear them, and you can join me as well. I'm on Eastern Time, 6 to 9 a.m. every day at BillMick.com. Hit the Listen Live link, and you can pick up the podcast there as well. Morning conversation about the Space Coast, Florida, and the country. We do it every day. Bill Mick Live on WMMB. Now get back to Dave or Dave and Rod. Welcome back. It's What the Frock. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. And Rod, uh, every now and then we go to the news. Actually, we go to the news every week because we have this yeah. WTF section where, where we figure out <clears throat> stories that make us say WTF. And every now and then we come across a story that's just, it's too big for WTF. It's segment worthy. 
<laughs> Long before her affair with a married U.S. congressman hit the news this week, there was already enough drama in Tanya Joya's life to fill a Hollywood movie script. That may be the best sentence of the week. That is. By the way, if you're going to be a U.S. congressman and have an affair, remember what I was talking about, about smothering the stories? Do it the week World War III breaks out because nobody will notice. Yep. Nobody's going to care. Did you, even, did you notice that they didn't even tell you who the congressman was? Because nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> the 38-year-old daughter of a postmaster from Harrow, Northwest London, was once the wife of ISIS's most senior commanders, one of them, one of them. an American-born Muslim convert that she met online. So follow me here. Mm-hmm. She's the daughter of a British government official, postmaster, okay. who fell in love with an ISIS commander who happened to be an American convert, convert to, Mus- to Islam that okay. she met online. Where do you go for that? You, Where, you can't jih- write fiction like this, right? <laughs> Jihadisonly.com? <laughs> Tanya herself was a passionate espouser of the jihadi cause until nine years ago when she had gone to Syria with her ISIS commander husband, American-born Muslim convert, with her three children and was pregnant. She managed to get out of Syria and settle where? America, of course, because mm-hmm. we are stupid. In, 19, er, in 2018, she got married again, having ditched her, her uh, hijab, transformed herself into an elegant Unitarian church-going Texan wife. Okay. I don't even... That's a, that's a big switch. She's going from, <laughs> from a jihadist type of... Muslim religion to to a Unitarian Texas Unitarian Texas church. <laughs> she said she would tell her quote crazy whirlwind story to anyone who would listen in the hope of educating others about the dangers of Islamic extremism. But dot dot dot. Fast forward nearly four years. And her tireless campaign work as a Unitarian Texan to educate us to the dangers of Islamic terrorism has been overshadowed by the latest twist. While the story who was once known, but the woman who was once known as, quote, the first lady of ISIS. An affair with an married Republican congressman who also happens to be an Iraqi war veteran. Hmm. The eight-month affair with 49-year-old Van Taylor Notice we're eight paragraphs into this before we get this guy's name. Sure. Not to mention the eye-wateringly intimate texts he sent her made headlines this week. Quote, unquote. Again, did you see them? No. Because I didn't. Uh, When the father of three admitted to cheating with his wife and announced he was dropping his bid for re-election. Then it has a picture of her below this. And uh, for the record, I mean, uh, okay. Not what I would have expected. No. There you go. Mother of four, really. Yes. The repentant politician who describes himself as a family man, businessman, and U.S. Marine referred, referred to the affair as a horrible mistake, adding, I want to ap- apologize for the pain I have caused with my indiscretion. He and his wife, Anne, and their three daughters are now attempting to repair the scars left by his action. So, dot, 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 what does Tanya have to say for her? Tanya, how do you say that? 
and Tan Tan Tanya? Tanaya. Tanaya. Yeah. I don't know. Tanya. Speaking it could be Tanya. Exclusively to the Daily Mail this week, she portrayed herself as very much the broken-hearted victim. Mm-hmm. I was in love with Van, but he used me, she said. He broke me first. I mean, I would think that the relationship with the Republican senator was much less restrictive than the jihadi that she had right. <laughs> got to fled from to get out of Syria with her three children and pregnant with Um, She believes the politician took advantage of her at a time when her second marriage was falling, failing, and she was suffering from depression and low self-esteem. I did what I did because I was scared. I needed someone who could save me and my home and afford to adopt my kids. Um, so she was going to use him. Right. She... He, he told her, the congressman told her, that he wished that his wife would leave him. Thus said every right. adultering man. Right. I feel so foolish now, she said, but at the time I wanted someone to rescue me. I needed to feel loved, and I believed him when he said he'd look after me. I was dreaming. And then, just for good measure, there's Tanya's now ex-husband, uh -huh. not the ISIS commander. IT consultant Craig Burma. He's 52 from Plano, Texas who has also exclusively spoken to the mail because apparently the mail is the only one that cares about this story. Um, yeah. He says he only found out about it a week ago when he read it in the newspapers and oh. newspapers started calling him. So he was an ex already though. Yes. Yeah. The person I'm mad at, he says, is him, meaning the congressman. I think it was terribly inappropriate with her. He didn't just make one mistake. He made a mistake every time he touched her, every time he slept with her, or every time he texted her the horrific things he did or wanted to do with her. He made, quote, thousands of mistakes. So I'm guessing she left this guy, and he still loves her. I don't know. Says his divorce from Tanya was finished eight weeks ago, and he still admires and loves his ex-wife. Oh, there you go. So then it has a picture of them. She's wearing like six inch heels. What on earth is it then about this British woman who enjoyed an utterly normal childhood in the suburbs of London that makes her cause ructions wherever, ructions, that's a great word. Ruction. Ructions. Wherever she goes. You know, the hardest part of this show is picking a title every week. It is. Ructions. Ructions is it, yeah. Yeah, got it. Um. And, and how, having apparently set herself straight and narrow after the disastrous ISIS marriage, has now found herself back in the news again. Her ex-husband said, quote, she's very, very smart, but she's also gullible. It's easy for people to take advantage of her. To many, that judgment will sound generous indeed. After all, she admits that she initiated the affair with the congressman in September of 2019 through her work with Washington-based Preventing Violent Extremism Program. At the end of the meeting, he gave her his card. The affair started a year later. Because that's how affairs start, right? Here's my card. I thought he was really charming and really hot, she said. The pair messaged occasionally for a year about work matters. Know, the, the picture of him? I don't know, I'm going to have to disagree. And then in September 2020, she told him that she found him attractive in response to a self-deprecating remark he had made. He had made. Yeah. So she's the victim. Yes, that's what the headline says. I'm the victim at all. Mm -hmm. Later on, they shared explicit text messages and met for sex at Taylor's residence in Plano, Texas. We were obsessed with each other. We had different political views, but he enjoyed being challenged. It was a fiery relationship. 
it was Tanya who have all who told the congressman's wife about the affair via text last November, who decided to go public this week. So the reason the, the only reason it's in the papers is because she told the papers. Yes, she's the victim. So attention, meet whore. <laughs> she says that she had initially decided to just tell one of his main rivals, hoping that the woman would quietly persuade him to stand down. But that didn't work. I was so angry. He, he, called, he had called out a rival politician who had an affair. So I thought he was being a hypocrite. Playing a politics, of course, is a dangerous thing. Trump-backed Republican Suzanne Harp promptly sent... Ra- Harp. Ugh, why? No, I'm not going there. <laughs> promptly <laughs> sent someone around the interviewer in full. It was deeper than just sex for me, she said in the recorded interview. He enjoyed my company, and I was happy and always complimenting him and praising him. We knew that we had an unhealthy obsession for each other. He'd say, you're my heroine, you're my cocaine. I'd say, I'm in love with you. Yeah. As naive as it may seem, she appears to have believed at times that the pair had a future together. <laughs> Taylor used to pick her up from, from, from her pole dancing and they'd cook for each other. <laughs> okay, you have to say that a little slower, not laughing, because... The congressman used to pick her up from her pole dancing and Pilates classes, and they would cook for each other. Okay. Pole dancing class. Didn't we have a story years ago about a pole dancing preacher? We did. We did. Uh, she had hoped that this powerful, influential man would look after her and her children. Her sons live with their U.S. grandparents, of whom she has shared custody. Shared custody with her grandparents because she's still an ISIS person. Yeah. She describes how she tried to get him to buy her a house, um, but that didn't work. Towards the end of the relationship, he did give her $5,788 pounds to help her pay off a credit card bill on the condition that she didn't tell anybody. But it's pretty clear that she wanted more. Yeah. In the interview with the male, she blames her poor choices on her upbringing within a conservative Bangladeshi so, British family. That almost sounds like blackmail. I want a house. No, here's 3000 or 6000 Five for 5000 for your credit card bills. Okay, I, I'm going to public. Want more. But I yeah, want more. I, I want more. In an interview, she blamed her choices on her upbringing within a conservative Bangladeshi British family. Quote, the women were oppressed by male members of the family. I was never allowed to date. I didn't learn how to form healthy relationships with men. Dun, dun, dun. She met John Georgilus, Gorgilus, a, on a Muslim matrimonial site. I wasn't far off. Johnny'sOnly.com <laughs> in February of 2003. They were married under Islamic law, under on the Islamic law after one meeting, and a year later, blah 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 blah. Jihadis anyway, only. That's the site. Jihadis only. Yeah. So anyway. The, the, the upshot of all this, the, the, the catch, catching all of this is that she's, she's the victim. That's what she yeah. said. I'm the victim in all of this. Because, you know, we can't take personal responsibility for any of our own actions. We have to always blame someone else. Well, the great part about all this is that, uh, we expelled 12 Soviet, neo-Soviet diplomats Yeah, because they were spying. So you probably didn't hear about Brittany Griner or Tanya and her, no. her victimhood because- well, the world's about to end in World War Three, so... Well, hey, that's one less Republican running for office, though. No, it's not. It's just one less Republican running in the primary. 
Well, oh, I guess okay. that's technically the same thing, but yeah. The good news is, is the one that takes his place is the Trump supporters. That's there you go. That'll work out well, right? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to What the Frog. I am Rod. I'm Dave. And we are now entering that time of the show where we like to talk about the news stories that kind of catch our eyes for this week, even though the last one, the last segment was above and beyond that. Uh, mine this week is is a little different. You know, so normally we poke fun of stupid people and things like that, but I think, I think we're going insane, Dave. I think uh, the the news and society in general. There's a there's a group of people that uh, basically are trying to change the language and change words of everything. So now, in the past, if you were if you were a single person that liked to date different people and didn't want to be kind of tied down to anybody, you'd be called you know a congressman from Texas. Or, well, that that's one case. You know, you could be called a player or you know maybe a libertine. Someone sowing their oats out in the field. Wait a second. Libertine. Isn't that where this whole show started? Yeah. <laughs> Casanova would be another word. Well, typically they, they refer to, to men. Uh, now it is with no primary partner and the potential for multiple meaningful relationships, solo polyamorists are hoping are hopping off the heteronormative relationship escalator. So can you say that again slowly with no primary partner and that's in quotes and a potential for multiple meaningful relationships, solo polyamorists are hopping off the heteronormative relationship escalator. You know, I consider myself to be a, an expert in the English language, well-spoken, yes. well-read, and I have no freaking clue what I mean. <laughs> And that's what caught my eye. I'm like, WTF is this? So after Chris, 35, came out as bisexual three years ago, he decided that he didn't necessarily want to live in a heteronormative life. He wanted to be able to date men and women simultaneously for my whole life, says Chris, who is withholding his surname for privacy. (laughs) I felt like monogamy would deny, deny me something of myself. Okay. At its core, solely poly, solo polyamory, 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 yeah, right. refers to people who are open to dating or engaging in multiple meaningful relationships without having a primary partner, one person to whom they are committed above all other partners. Instead, the solo polyamorist might see themselves as their own primary partner. 
eschewing typical relationship goals like merging finances or homes with a partner and getting married or having children. So a Texas congressman. Yes, yeah, so a Texas congressman. <laughs> uh, this, this thing goes on, and basically it just describes someone who wants to just be free to date whomever they want. But they're using these big words to act like it's something brand new. And I just, I found it totally ridiculous um, that it, it's, it's very narcissistic too, in my, in, in my opinion. But, you know, so I guess at one point, this Chris guys, you know, for me, a lot of solo polyamory, polyamory, whatever, has been about finding ways that I center my own autonomy, the autonomy of others and general and genuinely question which things I want to be in a relationship or I want in a relationship rather than assuming that every relationship is going to follow the escalator. Chris was similarly attracted to solo poly, solo poly label because it let him think about, think about and approach relationships differently. He says the relationship pathways he grew up with didn't make sense for him. Before gay marriage was legalized in the U.S., he was having sexual relationships with people he knew he'd never be able to wed. <laughs> okay. So. So it's like today, Chris says he wouldn't 100% rule out the prospects of marriage, but he is not exactly a fan of the institution. As a queer bisexual person, I don't like that heteronormative structure of marriage, he says. I want to rebel against that. So, uh, anyway, this is it's such garbled gook in reading, you know, basically the guy just wants to be free to go date whomever he wants to date. And isn't he already? He is. But now we have to apply these stupid, you know, polyamory heteronormative type of words to things because, you know, I have three words that I would apply to it. Go ahead. What the fuck? That's exactly right. Some Las Vegas residents in one eastern neighborhood, have been confused lately by eruption happening there. Eruption? A mysterious brown and black liquid which has been falling from the sky. Some are feared that the unknown substance might be toxic. <gasps> now, thanks to KTNV 13 Las Vegas... There are answers as to what the mysterious oil-like liquid actually is. The Clark County Department of Environment and Sustainability found out what the substance is. Officer Kevin McDonald, who I think I went to high school with. I got to look that up. <laughs> confirmed that the substance is actually dun, dun, dun. bee poop. <laughs> I've seen stuff like that on my car before, so. He said it's what we call bee frass, also known as fecal matter, so uh, bee poop. While the lab results confirm that the liquid is bee poop, proves that it's harmless, McDonald said that it was important to be checked. Uh, he, he said it was, quote, more or less a nuisance, but we've seen other areas around the world that industrial pollution can lead to environmental and health impacts. So just because this is bee poop doesn't mean everything else. Yeah. Joshua Hammonds is a beekeeper and a honey salesman. Said he was not surprised to find the, uh, the droplets were bee frass. He said, quote, I chuckled to myself when I read that because I knew exactly what it was. My truck that I haul bees with, yeah, it gets covered. And it's very hard to wash off. It is. Quote. 
according to Hammonds. The weeks leading to spring are the prime target for things like that to happen since bees are emerging and swarming in the new areas. And I'm guessing that one of them is my neighborhood because my eyes are like <laughs> right now. <laughs> and now I've discovered that it might not just be pollen. It might, it's like almost impossible to wash off. Might in fact be bee frass. Which makes me say, what the rock? Welcome back to What the Frock. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. You ever see the movie, the Woody Allen movie, Sleeper? I don't think I have. This is a great movie. I don't think I've seen so, many Woody Allen movies, to be honest. But. See, back in the 70s, Woody, watching Woody Allen movies was de rigor. I mean, you had to do it. Sleeper is this, he, it's what he says. It's a modern retelling of Rip Van Winkle. Okay. His character falls asleep and wakes up in the future. In the future, they discover that smoking is actually good for you. Yeah. Things have changed. It's, it's well, you cool. know, science, Dave. Science, right. <laughs> 1159, COVID bad. 12 o'clock, COVID gone. Yeah. But only on the 11th and 12th. Not today. Yeah. Anyway, so there was that. Uh, Planet of the Apes is probably the greatest time warp story, the, the Rip Van yeah. Winkle story of all time. Because again, uh, spoiler alert here, Planet of the Apes, 1968 movie starring uh, Charlton Heston. Yes, great, great movie. Right, these guys go into space and they're traveling to the distant planet. And what they land on this planet that's ruled by apes that used to be ruled by humans. Or it turns out it's Earth. They just they just yeah. travel in time. They didn't actually go anywhere. That was a great end to it too. When you see the statue, and of apparently the that isn't the original ending. Apparently there are multiple endings to that, and that was Charlton Heston's personal favorite ending. And so that's the one they went with. Yeah. The reboot, the two thousand one reboot, mm-hmm. the ending of which is just utterly incomprehensible. Nobody can tell me what it means. Nobody can tell me what it is. Anyway, I'm not advocating that. So, so there's that movie about, you know, going to sleep essentially for centuries and mm-hmm. waking up in the future and finding the future. Blast from the past, the, the Brendan Fraser movie where they, they, oddly enough, conveniently enough nowadays, they go down to a bomb shelter because they think the nuclear war is happening. And uh, they spend, was it, 10, 15 years down there in the bomb shelter and then- yeah. Dad sends Brendan Fraser out into the world, and of course, by now it's the 1980s, which are much radically different from the uh, from the yeah. 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that kind back of to the future. Those kind of st- back to the future is, a, although yeah, that kind of. So, all those stories kind of uh, intrigue me, especially when I read, you know, about the high profile high profile hostages the Russians are holding right now that don't know they're hostages. Yes, two of them are Americans who are currently participating in a joint NASA um, program experiment. They are locked in a sealed isolation chamber inside a Soviet-era capsule in Moscow. U.S. State Department has suggested all Americans leave, but these two particular Americans have no clue about what's going on. Mm -mm. And they won't find out until July when they're scheduled to come out of there. And you thought Big Brother was bad. Uh, At least... 
at least these guys probably aren't whispering everything they say. But you know they're being monitored. Well, I know that. I mean, they have to be. That's yeah. the whole point of the experiment is to monitor how they're doing, right? Yeah. So they don't know. The guys in the space station, the International Space Station, which, by the way, we outnumber the Russians four to two on the space station. Mm-hmm. NATO four, Russia two on the space station. Um, but apparently Moscow, the Russian agency, controls the attitude stuff on the space station. And I guess at one point they threatened to crash it. I don't know. That's kind oh, of weird. Well, that's kind of weird. Rude. But anyway, apparently all those people know about all this stuff that's going on. But the guys inside this isolation chamber, these two Americans, and, and, and I don't know who else is in it. Um, it doesn't even say. Uh, ground-based simulation of life in space experiment. William Brown and Ashley Kowalski. So a guy and a gal. They were expected to stay in there for eight months, at least eight months. So they may not come out in July. They no. might stay longer. Who knows? Uh, the participants are only aware of the outside world via letters get uploaded via secure server. Other than that, they're only in contact with it. So why wouldn't one of these letters say, hey, dummy, you need to get out of there because the Russians are going to nuke people. Um, those, but, well, those letters are probably going to be edited. Yeah. So it's three guys and three girls in a isolation chamber. So wait, get, let me get this straight. You're going to lock three guys and three girls up together for eight months. And, and let me say, let me say this, just looking at the picture of the three guys and three girls, I'm not gay, but these are some handsome men. Okay. And those are some gorgeous women. Okay. These are not, these are not babushkas by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> these are the kind of gals that a Texas congressman would be interested in. Yeah. So. Hey, yeah, what happens in the capsule stays, stays in, the, in cap- the capsule. I guess so. <laughs> so anyway, we have that to look forward to. Until, can't, can't end the world yet because no. these guys will uh, not find out until July. So I'm just picturing this in July after he's burnt to a cinder, <laughs> opening up the hatch and coming out and going, hello? Well, it's, hello? If, especially if there's an exchange of nuclear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, what? What that, we miss? That's, that's a movie, right? Yes. It would be a movie. I think it's called Planet of the Apes, right? <laughs> or, or Blast from the Past or Sleeper or one of those. Anyway, so we have that to look forward to in July. We'll keep you up to date if anything changes. In the meantime, please like, download, share, rate, review the show. We'd appreciate it. Please do. And you can email us at WTF at whatthefrock.org. And other than that, I'm Rabbi Dave. And I am Friar Rod. And this has been What the Frock?